Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative and Balance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got a great episode for you. My guest today is writer, director, Richard Bell. Richard's got an incredible movie out in the theaters right now called Brotherhood. It's based on a true story that happened in 1926, and this week it's playing at the Cineplex at Young and Dundas, and it's one of those movies that's meant to be seen on a bigger screen. I unfortunately had to watch it on my computer to prepare for this interview, but uh, yeah, if you're in Toronto and you get intrigued with what we're going to talk about today, there's no excuse for you not to go to this. Like I said, it's at the Cineplex at Young and Dundas, easy subway ride there. And yeah, around the film, we hear about Richard's life getting into dramatic arts to becoming a writer and a filmmaker himself and the early seeds that kind of brought this movie together. And alongside that, too, it's just very cool to hear him break down the process of making this movie. I know a lot of aspiring uh, creatives hit me up all the time saying they listen to this show if you're into filmmaking or whatever, I think you can get a lot out of this from the challenges he had to overcome and just his infectious drive of making a very ambitious project happen and doing justice to this true story and the legacy of the people who were involved with. So yeah, like I said, this is a really great episode and a great talk. And I always know it's a great talk when the recording session just flies by, I swear. Like in real time, it felt like I was talking to him for 10 minutes, but you got a full length episode. And yeah, it's cool if you're uh, learning about Richard for the first time to introduce you to him. I think there's going to be a lot of great films coming from him in the near future. So yeah, keep him on your radar. Check out Brotherhood. And I want to say... To all my friends who are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. On there, you'll see a trailer to Brotherhood, the rest of the dates on its theater run, links to Richard's social media, and all of that, all right? So here we go, and here's Richard Bell coming at you right now! Girth Radio in session. I do a little test. Betty bought a bit of butter to make her bit of butter better. But the butter Betty bought was bitter. So Betty bought a bit of better butter to make her bit of batter better. That is the best test I've ever had. And I might just leave this in the episode because I hit the record button. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that shows my drama school background, right? That's probably one of the first things they teach you in drama school. Oh, really? Just that? uh, It's all about enunciation. When I arrived at drama school, like which was in Vancouver, I was from Port Coquitlam. And they said that I sounded very suburban. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they were like, let's, uh, let's, you know, in drama school, they break you apart and put you back together again. And they kind of train you to speak in sort of like a mid-Atlantic kind of accent, which is like the accent that, like, say, Christopher Plummer has or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they were just trying to beat the suburbs out of me. 
Oh, interesting. And that's cool that uh, you took the drama route because all I'm familiar with is your movies and yeah. Brotherhood, which I just watched this morning. Actually, Thank you. And it was oh, great. Amazing. Fantastic. So it's fresh in your brain. Oh, definitely. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's so many things I can talk about with that. And I'm going to get to that, but mm. I kind of want to go back to like your drama school life. Is that like the introduction to you? Like, uh, Yeah. So of- I've been making like little mini movies since I was a kid, right? Like I came of age or like my child. Childhood was like in the 80s where there was like these gigantic camcorders mm-hmm. and I was very influenced by you know the I mean I think the same influences that every kid who was born in the 70s has you know like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Jim Henson's Muppets and yeah yeah I I love those movies and those shows but I also loved watching the behind the scenes uh, I guess I mean they, they weren't on YouTube you just have to catch them on TV right mm-hmm. so I was always very fascinating fascinated with the movie making process and I made like movies and elementary school i was kind of like popped into like a like an enrichment program gifted program sort of thing they changed the name of that a couple times so i was always making movies um but then when i was in high school there wasn't really a film program and so i did theater and so i was like in the plays like the crucible um west side story that kind of stuff uh and then my drama teacher told me to go to studio 58 which is the theater pro uh, training program at langara college so i went to a conservatory style theater program which is very similar to like say the national theater school in montreal cool cool and that's where they like break you apart and then they put you back together again so all right yeah all right. so you understand like the acting side of everything yeah fully in it. i think the thing that i heard a lot um like say like you know in the behind the scenes footage that was being shot of the actors where the like when i watched it afterwards like a lot of people said he's an actor's director and i think that's a big compliment. I'm not the most technical director. um, And I had like a really great cinematographer named Adam Suica, who was very much a technical guy and just older than me, wiser than me. And, you know, had shot a lot of things. I'm more about the actors. Amazing. And that's really cool to hear too. Cause like when I was watching the movie this morning too, uh, and seeing so many different actors playing like different personalities yeah. and stuff like the acting is was like one of the standout things in my mind as well how Fantastic. well all, all these kids work together and like they were all different individuals and little sub stories and even Amazing. like how you were able to kind of write this beautiful piece together and put it all into one thing and i know it's based on a true story but mm-hmm. obviously you put your own spin on mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and also, like, kind of going back in time with, like, your drama past, uh, were you, like, writing a lot of scripts then, too? Or was it, did you start, did you want to be an actor at, at the beginning? Or? Well, I did want to be an actor in the beginning. The unfortunate thing about going to drama school is that when you come out, not everybody wants to be an actor anymore. Oh, uh, okay. Like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they just beat I'll, you down. <laughs> yeah, I'll use I statements. I didn't want to be. I was kind of, I came out of drama school feeling like the worst actor in the world. Um, I, I left high school feeling like the best one. So I I was grateful for drama school in the sense that, uh, for a 19 year old to 23 year old, I thought it was very, like there was a lot of character building and I wouldn't change it. And I'm very grateful for the things that I was trained. Uh, and there are still many life lessons and, uh, you know, uh, lessons in, you know, like professionalism that still like are ingrained in me because of those teachers. So I wouldn't change that. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very much a, a product of a drama school, I think. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, 
Did you have a, a certain moment that you in your memory where you were like, okay, now I kind of want to take a lead of like being a director and telling the story instead of being yeah. So even when I was in theater school, like when we were assigned certain projects, again I would make like a little mini movie, mm, like yeah. with a camcorder, and I, I would make my project be a film, like or like you know wheel the uh, VHS v- wheel the VCR into the room. Oh, cool, so cool. that kind of always uh, stuck with me. But I I graduated drama school around '98. And I think it was like Titanic came out in like 97 and I saw that on opening night and it was, uh, you know, before Titanic was super duper mainstream, like it was just kind of like this big epic that I saw on the screen with yeah, that. mind blowing. Even like yeah. The and that, of it and the... that James Horner score is just so epic. And I, I remember walking out of the theater, I think it was the Cineplex Odeon on Granville Street in Vancouver. And I just went, man, that's what I want to do. And then it was interesting that, you know, like 20 years later like pretty well exactly i was kind of like you know doing this little mini titanic right oh, yeah, this canoe and the, yeah, yeah. the boys holding on to it and um you know obviously we had a massive water tank that we shot in so that was kind of a bit ironic yeah i actually was gonna ask about that but that's cool to hear where almost the seed was planted whether it's like unconsciously or if you really wanted to make well a i mean i don't know like yeah. the my first like little feature film was very much a product of like queer cinema like i was like my first film was called two brothers and it was like you know a pokey little film but it was you know it, it grossed 150 grand on dvd which oh, wow. is you know an accomplishment even now yeah. um and then my second like my first fe- feature length film was called 18 which um had a bit of a queer element as well. And then, and then brotherhood doesn't really at all. That doesn't at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless you count like guys being at summer camp and, you know, a little bit of frolicking, I guess. It's yeah. Bit, yeah. It's a bit homoerotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem like straight boys to me. That's Do you know I what? Mean. And it was funny because when I was, uh, because like I had like producers or like story editors who were like, you know, is this going to come across as really kind of like gay? And I was just like, I thought the movie would be a lot more homoerotic than it turned out. And I think yeah. that's probably because because all the actors were hetero guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's kind of like this hockey player kind of rugby kind of um, dynamic. Yeah, you know? facts, so yeah. Yeah. So I, there is, one isn't right and one isn't wrong. Like, it's just, you know, the, the film becomes... The, the texture of the film is is based on the personalities coming to it, right? Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool, like, uh, also, like, the Titanic, it's a period piece. It's, like, from, yeah. like, 1912, in my Well, and or? we have, like, this, yeah, and we have this really, like, like super talented, rather good-looking matinee idol in the making named Jake Manley, who's in the movie. And, you know, he posted a picture on his Instagram of him dressed as Waller in Brotherhood. And uh, he he looks a little bit like, you know, Jack in, in yeah, Titanic, yeah, right? Yeah, put that together. Yeah, yeah, and so, like, and he's in water, and, like, people on Instagram are like, oh, Jack Dawson vibes, or Titanic 2, or that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we were, even when we were on set, like... And he doesn't really look DiCaprio, but like, and he's a brunette, but he's got that. I think he looks more like kind of like a, a River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I was going for. Like, I wanted like a River Phoenix and Mosquito Coast, like that that kind of guy, you know, like that kind of otherworldly angsty rebel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he does draw some comparisons to DiCaprio. Yeah. Another thing I really, really love about the movie, too, is like, personally, sometimes I like I grew up like uh I was born in 85. I kind of right. grew up around like 
what kids do was like video games and mm-hmm. like just kind of connected a little to like technology. And as we kept getting worse and worse into yeah. like our phones or whatever. But I always imagined, oh, what, what would it be like to live in like the 1800s or early 1900s? And what I loved about the beginning of the movie was kind of like charming, like what they would do just for fun or in mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Like the cool thing the kid had was a watch that you can see the time in the dark. Or yeah, 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 instead yeah. of him pulling out his phone and showing his buddy a meme, he's opening a book and like reading like a chapter. And I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought those little like details Thank were like, you. just so cool. And, oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. I kind of like uh, took my imagination of like, oh yeah, imagine like you grew up in that time and like, what would you do? It's just like, yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of like a fantasy too, like of, like just kind of going back to like basics and like yeah i think it was a simpler time i I mean i have two schools of thought like one is it was a completely different time and it was simpler and possibly or probably better but then also there's the you know the more things change the more they stay the same so like the kid showing off his watch that you know you could tell the time in the dark yeah i mean that's like you know i've got the iphone 11 pro or something <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. oh wow i only have the iphone 10 you know so, <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing and you know like like kids sitting in front of the radio all day but that was the concern then mm-hmm. you know i i think that sounds amazing because kids are using their their imagination watching the radio yeah yeah as opposed to just being you know fed um you know this onslaught of imagery and uh and 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 uh videos and films going faster and faster and faster and kids attention spans getting a lot shorter yeah definitely and it seems like you put a lot of time and detail into making it authentic like um that's had to be a little bit of a challenge to make sure it seems like everything's night in the 1912s you know like from their clothes and well everything. sorry we're 1926 oh sorry yeah no titanic's my bad my brain yeah, no, 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 that's yeah, okay yeah. that's okay but you know in the 1912s like uh, the 1910s or, yeah. did inform the movie um in the sense that uh the great war figures into the the backstories of yeah, these characters yeah. and of the camp counselors who who brought the kids to the lake that day Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. And um, did you like always like prior towards like making the script too? Did you have like a fascination with that time period? Like I know you were into the yeah. Titanic I wouldn't say like- the 1920s specifically. I would say I do have a fascination with period pieces and with history. Like I, I, I'm a bit of a history buff. Like not in an academic way, but more like that really captures my imagination. I love period pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the twenties are, I think, um, Hmm. I, I think I was kind of fascinated with the thirties cause I remember doing cabaret when I was in drama school and learning about the Weimar Republic. Uh, I think 19, yeah. And then I loved boardwalk empire, yeah, which is yeah. the 1920s. And that like brought like a real, like in 1920s, they were all saying to each other, we're living in modern times, mm-hmm. right? Because things were so different. It was just like every home had electricity or practically every home had electricity. Yeah. Like you could play a record. You didn't have to like go see a band, you know, like you could listen to the radio. Um, there were, there was cinema, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. uh, so like, um, like a movie, say like, uh, like Avatar or something like, you know, where you're like, wow, this is technologically a marvel, um, then the, the the film that 
of that time was say the black pirate which mm-hmm. was you know a film that was uh it was shot in black and white but they they tinted it in color and that was considered like the technological breakthrough of the time yeah, like that was so like cool. that was like the avatar of its time right yeah yeah actually i want to do a quick shout out to somebody who listens to the like every episode of this show likes everything on the social media but i know he's gonna really appreciate this one is it your dad no no oh. it's uh it's a guy named jeremy hopkins and he does design work for uh vintage toronto oh yeah i, I don't know if you've seen that web page or anything no not yet but i'll look it up yeah yeah so he'll take old like photos from that time period oh really and just spend hours in photoshop doing recoloring and like oh just wow doing comparisons of toronto now and oh then. i and love that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. And even, oh like, i I'll, love I'll that send kind it of to stuff. you yeah so oh. shout out to jeremy and i also, jeremy maybe you could do something kind of fun or cool with one of our stills from the movie or something yeah that'd yeah. be sick and even like uh what's what's cool too it's like uh how the movie is kind of regional around here. There's like, it's mm-hmm. like in Peterborough and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And right? I, I've showed it like uh Cinefest Sudbury and like a little film festival in Halliburton, or we showed it in Kirkfield and Balsam Lake, which is where the true story happened. And there's uh, like, sometimes there's little moments. So you hear little chuckle, little chuckles from the audience because they see, or they hear something like, yeah, um, yeah, like on the train, Peterborough. Next stop, Peterborough. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, that made me like smile too. Yeah. So, like the the word Toronto is never mentioned because I really did want the film to be as universal as possible. And I'm even like an audience in the states, like if they think it's Maine or Connecticut, like mm-hmm. that's kind of fine with me. Um, but like the more regional names, like Kirkfield and uh, like that, stuff like that, I, I really wanted to have that in there. Yeah, it's really really cool. And uh, so, how did you hear about? Um the true tale of this. Oh, there's a, a small story in a newspaper in, uh, I was living in Toronto in 2006. And so around that time, it was the 80th anniversary of that tragedy. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I just saw this small, almost like practically a footnote in, in a newspaper. And I just thought, wow, what a great idea for a movie. Yeah. And that's like such a talent to like, kind of, uh, spot that. Yeah. Spot, not spot, not only spot that, but then take your own imagination and like, because almost to write that, you have to relive the moments in, like, you're saying you saw, like, a little paragraph. Right. And to turn it into, like, an hour and a half feature with all these different characters. Well, and- I, I, I launched into kind of, like, there was a lot of newspaper articles at the time all around the world about the tragedy of the Brotherhood of St. Oh, Andrew. Okay, yeah. So uh, that provided me with what happened, and it gave me the, you know, the structure. Uh, I kind of like that. I've adapted uh, two books. Um into screen, like a screenplay and a teleplay. And I actually kind of, people say, oh, is that limiting? And I said, no, it's nice to have like a little bit of a blueprint. Yeah, um, yeah. And then filling in the blanks is really about kind of researching the time. And like for me, uh, like what was the top song of the year? Do you know, mm, we have that yeah, in yeah, the movie. They sing, yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. And like what was, you know, what did kids like to do? And what did they like to eat? And uh, who played at the World Series that year? Like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then because you need to know where the characters are coming from, like looking at, you know, the decade before, which was obviously totally, you know, overwhelmed by the first world war. Yeah. It's cool. It's kind of like you're piecing together this puzzle and then adding a coat of paint on top of yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Um, I, I always think to myself, it's like uh, painting a, a, a tree trunk and then painting 
the branches and then painting the leaves. Ah, yeah. That's how I think of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really cool. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the cinematography, which was awesome too. Thank you. And uh, again, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this had to be a bit of a challenge. Like, so much in the water and yeah. at night. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you were in a tank, which is awesome because like i thought you guys were just like out in a river somewhere no we no. were oh, okay oh yes yes we but, were but, <laughs> well but, yeah. obviously there's a lot of safety protocols with yeah. actors mm-hmm. and um a couple of our well three or four of our actors were minors so they're in water 11 hours a day wow yeah, like, yeah. um almost 11 hours a day and so like they had like i mean for a costume spent like a period piece ex- is expensive to begin with but the, the wetsuits were super expensive uh, that they wore underneath their costumes and then the actors didn't like the wetsuits because they like were tied around the garage right (laughs) like and they're just like i don't want to wear this you know and you have to for safety yeah and then we had divers and then you know lifeguards and all that kind of stuff like wow and and whenever anything to do with the water is expensive yeah i can't even imagine and there's like i guess it's a little tricky too because like Looking at the movie, it's gorgeous. It looks theatrical and stuff. And you're obviously using expensive equipment around like yeah. water and just yeah. even like low shots going in and like yeah, yeah it's well, gonna be nerve wracking it sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like stilts and the you know cameras on stilts in the water and you know uh, cameras on speedboats and stuff like that. But um, no one. Uh, like I wasn't stressed out about it. Like my DP, like I said, was so competent and so experienced and the crew was just so great. Like the, you know, the camera crew was so great. Yeah. yeah. If anything, they, they seem quite cheerful and happy because they really loved the location. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful. Like yeah. where we shot. And, and so they seemed quite happy, like, you know, walking on the sand of the beach and setting up the camera and stuff like that. It's not like they were like, what's that place called in Toronto? The Hearn. It's like that uh-huh. old decommissioned power plant or something. Oh, I think yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. movies are shot there. Or Suicide Squad was shot there. And I know that when people shoot their crews are like really miserable because it's like an old, cold building. Like, no, we were on a beautiful beach. Yeah. Did you feel yeah. like half vacation in a way? Or? I think so. Yeah. And it, definitely the cast felt like that. And, um, and uh, you know, we shot it on the Mishapakotan First Nations. So we were really kind of like, you know, we were in the wilderness. And, you know, we had, you know, we had Wi-Fi and we had like, you know, creature comforts. But there was a spirit of adventure, especially amongst the cast. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, it's it's cool. Like you kind of feel the brotherhood watching, pun intended, definitely. Thank <laughs> but, you. But um, even like how is like the dynamic on the shoot, too, where did the... Did the cast know each other prior, or did they just meet? No. Um, well, a few of them knew each other. In fact, uh, two of the characters had been actually roommates for a little while, and they actually had the same agent. And I didn't know any of that. Oh, so, cool! Yeah, that cool, was kind yeah. of interesting. I think I knew that they were roommates, but I did. I, I don't think I knew that until the chemistry read. Um, casting is about putting together a puzzle, right? Um, because we had to shoot really fast, uh, and I needed actors who really brought their A game. We did a lot of team building exercises before that. Like, oh, so cool. we went to a cottage in the wilderness and we built a fire and we sat around and we did games and activities. You know, we barbecued hot dogs and hamburgers together. Um, the, also the, uh, the paddling lessons that we had at Ashbridge, they had not, not we, I saw them. I said, I was in a speedboat, but like <laughs> they were in a war canoe with a yeah. really great war canoe coach. And, uh, 
that just brings you together really quickly. Yeah, definitely because the, they had to have the form, and they're at the same time yeah. they're singing as well too. Oh yeah, I didn't make them. <clears throat> I didn't make them sing right away, but no, actually, maybe I did make them <laughs> sing right away. Um, yeah, and then they're singing, you know, my paddles keen and bright, and that then they're doing like a canon where like one person starts singing, and then you sing another verse, and they're paddling. Um, I think that brings you together really quickly. Uh, and it, it's a really big trust exercise because if anybody goes out of rhythm, the canoe tips. Like yeah, you yeah. totally see how and why the canoe tipped on Balsam Lake in 1926. Um, and it, and it's, um, it's, it's a trust. It, yeah. It's a trust exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to hear how you guys kind of like had that little, like, fire experience before mm-hmm. before all the shooting and stuff yeah. and like it really was we band of brothers you know we yeah, few yeah. we happy few yeah do, do a lot of like uh films do that like prior like maybe like team building exercise i have or, no idea yeah. honestly i don't i don't know i'm i'm hope i don't know like i think maybe like say like a director like ang lee probably does um i don't know who does that uh maybe and maybe that comes from my theater school background where like uh, like, I don't want to sound precious about things, but like, to me, the experience is a bit church-like. It's, it's, yeah. it is, it does feel a bit sacred and, uh, you know, and that's kind of tricky sometimes if you have like a crew that's like unhappy or they're texting or looking at their phones or they're grumbling about something mm-hmm. because the actors are like really in a zone and, um, especially when it's like an emotional movie or a dramatic movie and for them it's church, um, uh, and uh, like even on the First Nation, like we did a smudge with the with the chief before we started shooting, oh, okay. and uh, you know we bathed in um, you know the smoke from the uh, from the smudge, and oh, we were in wow. a <clears throat> we were in a circle, and yeah. Oh, cool! It was a little tribal experience, <laughs> and yeah, it just again, I, I feel like something like that, that extra mile, like kind of bleeds on the film like you yeah. see it felt so authentic like thank you the acting and everything and like yeah it's cool to hear you put that extra mile and work into making sure these guys are gonna have chemistry because also like i'm thinking it's got to be hard with like that many characters yeah. to like kind of herd the cattle in a way well and, yeah. yeah as they were dying off i was actually kind of a little bit gleeful about it because i was like <laughs> okay great now we have six actors and I, oh, yeah. now we, oh great now we're down to four. <laughs> oh, i'm so glad that you know evan's character is dead because he's he's not here anymore like <laughs> he's he's the joker right so like yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a bit of the class clown i love the guy but i was like i'm so glad he's gone yeah. you know like so uh because um you know in a way i became kind of like the robert butcher like the camp leader uh and uh i had to yeah i had to wrangle a lot of people and i had to um work very fast and i had i believe in being a kind leader but i did have to yell a couple times um just more so in kind of like save it for the camera yeah like because they they were having so much fun and all the like the razzing and all that kind of stuff and i'd be like just like wait till i call action then do it yeah, yeah, because right? you don't want them to burn out either. Yeah, like, if you're going to give someone a wet willy, like, do it on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's so don't do it while we're trying to set up the shot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's also, like, half a good, probably a good feeling. It's like, okay, they're actually turning into the, the people yeah. I want to yeah, be yeah. on film. Well, it was funny because when we did the team building exercise, it was uh, at a cottage, and um, my assistant uh, told me the next day that, like, I went to bed and 
early uh, and I left them alone and I don't drink. And I think that after I went to bed, um, the, the alcohol came out. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and we were staying at kind of like an Airbnb situation and um, someone like stole like a bottle of gin or something. And they drank the bottle of gin. And my assistant, he came on the trip and he told me about it. But the character who who, who stole the gin, it was such an in-character thing to do. Ah, uh, yeah. That I, I was like... guess which character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just kind of like so happy. And I, and, and, you know, and I told my producer and she's like, well, we have to replace it. And I was just like, well, you know, I go, but it's such a like in character thing for him <laughs> to do for him to lift the gin and like, yeah, yeah. you know, and like, you know, have the, like, l- l- you know, encourage the guys to have a cheeky drink. Yeah. Even uh, if you confronted him about it, I can see him like getting out of that situation being like, I'm just method acting, you know, like, well actually, and no, the, he's actually not even like that. He's the nicest, sweetest, like he's nothing like his character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's yeah. the nicest, sweetest guy. Oh yeah. yeah. But I don't know. You're like, out like with the boys there's a campfire yeah, or whatever yeah. it's gonna happen and yeah. like you know the parent slash teacher has gone to bed yeah <laughs> you know because these guys are you know 20 years younger i mean sam ash arnold was like is 30 years younger than me for crying out loud yeah yeah oh that sounds like such a cool experience i love hearing like all these different layers to the movie too yeah and um a lot of like creatives themselves like are aspiring like filmmakers and stuff like I, I noticed like those type of people listen to this show so they're probably getting stuff out of this like the, oh, I hope the so. extra the extra mile like you put in to make this film happen it's like beyond the script beyond the writing beyond like showing up on time you did a lot outside of it which well is and that's how you elevate the material yeah especially when you don't have a huge budget and especially when you have to work really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's nothing is wasted. Like nothing is wasted. Like, and there's things that don't show up on the screen. Um, you, you, and that you don't see it, but you feel it. Yeah. And, and a lot of the feedback that I'm getting about the movie and, and you just said it was authenticity. And that's something it's music to my ears. Cause that's something that I was driving for all the time. It's like, how do I make this as authentic as possible? Yeah, yeah. And like, no one had a cell phone in their pocket during this movie. Oh, like amazing. people had like playing jacks and cards and, you know, like an animal bone or some kind of curio in their pockets. Cool. Yeah. yeah wow. And oh, no yeah. one had a cell phone in their pocket. Oh, wow. That's, that's so cool. And yeah, even like, uh, it's cool. Like I, I got lost in it this morning too. <laughs> Almost Good. to the point where it's like, it is a sad movie. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I should have like watched this last night, not start my day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just like. But I mean, yeah. I hope it's a hopeful movie. Yeah, yeah. I, like, At the end, it's beautiful. It ties it, up beautifully. It gives yeah. me hope. Like yeah. it gives me hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even um, it's kind of cool with the characters too. Like they all have their own stories and subplots in a way, and how you can kind of like how you painted like their bigger picture within like a small amount of time, you know, yeah. like I that, feel that like, involves a lot of writing and a lot of drafts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I can imagine like somebody taking this story and turning it into like two seasons on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah if yeah. you drew like everybody's drew path out, yeah. and their, their backstories, but you did have like flashbacks here and there, but it was, it was just enough for you to, know their story and like mm-hmm. get emotionally invested in like, mm-hmm. like their home lives and why they're out there and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're snapshots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And 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 I believe that audiences are smart and sophisticated, and they can, like you know, you could just give them a little snapshot, and it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, one of the one of the nicest compliments I got from the movie was um, from one of the actors' girlfriends, and she saw it when we did a special screening on the real Balsam Lake uh, in in the Kirkfield community, and she said, "I never had a moment where I said, yeah, 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 I get it." Because she said that when she watches, you know, TV, even prestige TV uh, or movies today, it's like, yeah, I got it. You know, yeah, like just drawn out, maybe just yeah, keep the shot it on down. something way too long. Yeah. It's almost like they're they're just trying to fill time if they got like a series. Or, or a spoon feed. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Like um, it, the, the movie is purposely built in a way that you could watch it a second time and see something new. Yeah, yeah. And I've had people who have seen it like even four or five times who are like, I saw something new. Cool. So, that's so awesome. And yeah. and also that's a testament to my DP in the sense that he like didn't like doing close ups. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so much detail in a wide space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's little details that you see that you won't necessarily clock, but you might clock another time. But we don't zoom like we're not we're not filming it closely. Yeah. Um what stands out to you as one of the biggest uh challenges of this project? Uh, like in hindsight or going forward? Um, in hindsight, like there maybe the, uh, in the filming process or for me, um, uh, the 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 Nugety Center was great, which was production. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the um, development of it just kind of took forever, like yeah. years and years and years, and uh, some false starts. Um, that was hard, and 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 a lot of the time it's solitary. Not just the writing, but also just, you know, the pitching and all that kind of stuff. Um, Production was absolutely fantastic because you have like a full contingent of people who are all hurtling towards the same goal. Yeah. And that's that is so exciting where, you know, the costume director is the costume designer is showing you something and then the cinematographer wants to talk to you and the AD wants to talk to you. And then, you know, an actor has a question and you're all moving her like moving towards this common goal. Uh, post-production was very difficult for me because it was, it went on for a really long time and oh, yeah. um, longer than I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was kind of like when production wrapped, it's kind of like everyone disappeared. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, not every, like, I had my editor, obviously, and I still had my cinematographer. He was constant as a Northern star. Um, and then I started working with my composer and I com- and, and my mixer and the titleist. Um, but that was a long, that, that felt like, you know, Jesus going into the desert for 30 days. Like, that, yeah. that, was, that was really hard for me. Yeah, wow. And um, it's got to be kind of a nerve-wracking moment when you worked on the the piece for a few years maybe prior and then product like the week before production and now it's go time making sure everything's all in place and like uh how do you feel like going into that because obviously like i was ready i was i was like born ready like uh, like because because it took years and it was so in me Mm -hmm. um it was and i had done so much work and and um uh, like like there was drawings done and sketches and uh, color like color palettes were created and like uh, when I was in I was so happy when I was in production because yeah there was always fires to be put out but it's like I 
could always deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And also because I was the writer, I could be like, okay, well, let's change it to this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds... And, and I could know. do that really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it sounds like this became your baby for years and everything. And it, yeah, like just watching it today, like bravo, man. <laughs> like oh, congratulations man, on all that hard work coming together. And are you are you happy with the way it unfolded? Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. The um, the movie turned out exactly the way I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. And when people say, you know, oh, what's the biggest surprise in making Brotherhood? I'm like, I thought it turned out the way I wanted it to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Like, I, you know, I can't believe it. Yeah. I But very, like, I was very blessed. Like, I had a really great visual effects house called Spin. That's here in Toronto. Um, the owner of it is this lady named Nisha Ali and she took us under her wing. And, you know, when I met her, um, a couple of years ago, we were like, this is the budget we have. And she was like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be difficult. But she said, uh, she said, uh, I want to do this movie cause I want my 16 year old son to see it. Oh, wow. A yeah, uh, 16 year old stepson. And, and, uh, so it's, you when you find passionate people and like-minded people and i think you know i think that my passion is is a bit infectious and i well i hope it is no it is because yeah, i yeah. would i like i'm not gonna be modest here like if it wasn't i wouldn't have been able to make the movie right yeah. like so uh just blessed with a really great uh, and a great post house as well that mm-hmm. uh called rolling pictures also here in toronto and they went above and beyond. And then when they went above and beyond, they went above and beyond again. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. So, uh, man, like very blessed. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, tonight is playing. Um, well, it's actually. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is it doing like a little run in Toronto or? like? So it opened yesterday, December 6th. It runs for sure until December 12th. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. I'm going to try to get this episode out on Monday. To okay. Great. Make it people to the theater because so it shows four times a day so i think like 110 420 7 o'clock and 10 10 i think that's what it is uh yes and what what theater is it it's at cineplex young dundas okay awesome which is really cool for a canadian film to be you know cineplex young dundas and four times a day like even like people are emailing me going what four times a day yeah that's like for people who live outside of toronto that's like the heart of the city you know yeah and the boys are buried um, together at St. James Cemetery, um, which is about two kilometers from Young Dundas Square. Wow. I did, yeah. I did not know that. That's, yeah, I took yeah. a bunch of school kids there uh, on Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they, Cineplex gave them a, an early screening. So they came in like around 10 a.m. They watched a movie. And uh, we talked. We talked about theme. We talked about character. Like there was a bit of a you know a workshop with it. And then we all piled on to the TTC with uh, uh, you know teachers and parent volunteers. And I took them to the cemetery. Uh, the grave was just covered in snow and ice. And some of the boys got down and just scrubbed all the ice off. Oh, to re- and it revealed the names and, you know, they asked me questions and we got a photo together and we're really hoping that I, I'm hoping that that wasn't a one off. Like I'm hoping to get it into more schools. Yeah. Yeah. That ga- that actually gave me goosebumps, though, like as beyond the experience of the film, it's like almost turned what those kids saw on the screen that day into reality and physical in their world. Yeah. To actually see the historical. Side and I kind of have a feeling that I'm the only person who visits that grave. So I really hope like as people see this movie, 
um, they start going to the St. James Cemetery. They're like they're buried. Um, so Robert Butcher's in the center, and he's flanked by like like two boys on his left and like three boys on the right. Uh-huh, yeah. So not all of them are buried together. But at that time, the 1920s, they felt it was appropriate that they should you know be uh, that they should be laid to rest together. Oh wow! So they they are in death as they were in life. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, actually, kudos to you two for re almost like uh, resurfacing the story too, and just kind of um, just uh, showing respect to their legacy. Is even it's like, a great yeah, story, it's a, and yeah. it's a great it's a great human story. It's a great uh, human tragedy, and uh, we have tons of great stories in Canada. Yeah, like so many. Yeah, um, is there any in your mind that you're? Thinking yeah, there's one on? that I want to do, but. Uh, I can't really pitch it confidently yet. Okay. Uh, and but it would probably take place in BC because I want to shoot my next film at home. Like yeah, yeah. Like I'll come to Toronto if I get a job if someone hires me. But like after like nine years of Airbnbing it and just kind of like I'm like I'd like to shoot the next one in Vancouver. Yeah, you deserve to be comfortable. Or maybe know? LA. But like yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm in my 40s now and I'm just like the whole like you know, passion project, couch surfing kind of thing. I'm just so past that now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a new fan of your work. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm excited to see what you do with your next project as thank well. You. And hopefully uh, when that gets released, if, whether it's like a few years from now or It whatever. better not be nine years from now. Yeah, I, I hope that. it's like in a year or whatever. Yeah. I, can, I can get you back on again. And oh, I'd love to. I'll come anytime. Yeah. I'll come anytime. Awesome. And yeah, I have... So around these screenings too, is there? Um, do you do uh, Q and A's with? I did a Q and A last night, but I'm heading back to Vancouver tonight. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. kind of like sending your kid to their first day at school. Yeah, right. Like I've I've done that now, and we'll see how he does in class. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. and um, with this film as well, is it going to be playing anywhere else? Anytime it soon opens or? it uh, uh, in Sudbury on December 13th. Okay, good to know. Yeah, man. so it's called the uh, Indie Theater or the Independent. I think it's called the Sudbury Indie Theater, uh, December 13th. Uh, I, I know it's showing all weekend. I don't know if it's showing for the week afterwards. And then we'll see how things go with the run in uh, Toronto. Like, if people go, then it'll open in other theaters. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, hopefully, like, people listening to this, go check it out. Yeah. Young and done this. It's no excuse not to go. It's, like, on the subway line. Easy to get to there if you're, like, in the like the local area. But, um yeah, it's so cool to hear you break this down. Mm-hmm. And um, beyond the shows playing, are you thinking about like making like a Blu-ray release or an on-demand? Yeah, release? in about three months, it'll probably come to it'll come to iTunes. Yeah, okay, cool. and it's also it was partly financed by Super Channel, so it's going to show on Super Channel. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to keep in touch, and when that gets released again to a re-release this episode oh, yeah, that'd again be great. and just kind of remind people. But you know a filmmaker wants you to see it in the theater, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's like, like, yeah, you could watch it at home and I'd be totally honored. And I know that ultimately more people will see it at home than they'll see it in the theater. But man, I got to tell you, on that screen with that Dolby 7.1 surround... You know, a story that takes place in nature mm-hmm. with all those like all those speakers and stuff. Like you can taste the nature. Like yeah, you can really yeah. feel it. Especially like those water scenes. Too. Yeah. I was I was also thinking that as I'm watching it on my computer this morning right, right. to get prepared for this interview. Yeah. I'm like like it just seemed like a theatrical epic, like going full circle back yeah, to the well, Titanic you, and so Well, yeah, and you know, like, you know, the, there's a story about like, you know, 
someone telling Christopher Nolan that they saw someone watching Dunkirk on their cell phone or, you know, there's that recent <laughs> yeah. thing about the Irishman, like Martin Scorsese. He's like, well, you can watch it on a big iPad, I guess. But <laughs> like nothing replaces the cinematic experience. And I feel so guilty saying that because I don't go to the cinema that often because yeah. people who text during the film or check their phone during the film drive me insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that cinematic experience is golden. Yeah. So you heard the man, people. Go do it. It's playing this week. And uh, yeah, really nice to meet you, Richard. And like, yeah, thanks. anything else you want to say before? I don't know. Go? I think maybe just uh, if you want to check us out online, like, you know, our Instagram has got tons of behind the scenes footage of a really good looking cast and all the fun hijinks we got up to. And uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all at Brotherhood 1926. Awesome. And I want to remind anybody who's listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage. You're going to see a picture of Richard in the studio, links to the trailer, what? show times, what? his social media, what? and anything else that we talked about today. But once again, Richard, thanks. Very Thank nice to meet so you, Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up.
cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh, be happy, what if I the blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I'll listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid, can't do it, what Sing a song when the big red robin comes bop bop bopping along. <laughs> 